Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Ah, music. It's such a beautiful part of our lives. It's an art form that brings things into focus, and sometimes it can even confuse things. But what if music helped you better understand something that you find a little confusing? Well, that's where we're going today on Life Uncloseted. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and I'm so excited to always bring unique, different stories and perspectives to our little world where we hide in closets and we come out and we be exactly who we are. And today's guest, I feel like, is doing this through music, bringing some amazing stuff into the music world, talking about how they got there and going back and leaning into other artists who have their own interesting way brought this conversation to the world, but it just wasn't being heard. And what I like about them is that they are really truly saying, this is who I am. I am trans, I am non-binary, and I'm a singer, and I'm in the music space. And I'm going to use the music space to help the world better understand. And if you can't understand, then get the fuck off my podcast because this is the sort of stuff we talk about. So anyway, I'm so excited to welcome Aiden Feltkamp. They are here to talk about their world. And what does it really truly mean to be a music person who is trans nine bear non I can't even say it right. Trans non-binary. I'm usually really good at this, Aiden. I promise. I, I, I haven't had enough coffee. You know, you scheduled this dang thing this morning. It's bright and early. I'm just kidding. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I wish y'all could see them. They are smiling so big. They have the cutest smile. I'm already like, okay, I love people who smile because everybody used to tell me, you never smile and you never smile. I'm like, bitch, I was in the closet and everybody's telling me I couldn't be who I wanted to be. So of course I'm going to fucking not smile. So, uh, but uh, something tells me you smile because you're happy being you. Yeah, it took a while to get here, but it, it's, it's amazing when you're there. Like yeah. it's all worth it, you know? Yeah, kind of like going through musical conservatory school, right? It's a lot of hard work <laughs> once you get there. Kind of gets worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So did you just come out of mama's womb? Like, I'm just going to be a singer and that's the way it's going to be? Or <laughs> No. Um, so I always loved music. Um, I, I love to tell this story. I was uh, about four years old. One of my relatives had uh, tickets to the symphony and uh, they got sick. So they brought me because I was a kid who like was super quiet and like just sat there and just, you know, behaved. So I went to my first symphonic orchestra concert four years old and I was obsessed. Like I just kept asking my parents to like play symphonic music. And then I got really obsessed with the cello and I asked to play the cello. So I was like five years old with this like quarter size cello, just like sawing away on the strings. I have no idea what I'm doing, but like loving it. Um, so I played the cello like super into symphonic music all, you know, all through middle school, high school, went to college for it. And while I was at college, I discovered opera 
and was like, oh, this is my favorite thing now. And so then I just pursued mm. that like full force and happened to have a good singing voice. So I trained it, you know, and uh, trained all the other things you have to learn as an opera singer, like different languages and how to act and how to, you know, put all of that together on stage and be really right. reactive and in the moment. And so, you know, I just, I loved it. So I just pursued it, you know, full force. And I had the privilege to be able to go to school and to kind of like afford that training. Hmm. Um, but then when, um, when I got outed um, and like just kicked out of my house, then things got really tough because it's hard to be a singer. You don't make that much money doing opera until you get to like the top. And so I wasn't there yet because I was still, you know, in my mid twenties and um, your voice doesn't really even mature until you're 30 something. So I was a little lost. And um, at, it was at that point that like, after I was out, you know, that I was like, you know, I've been putting off my transition for so long and partially because I was afraid and partially because I was in the closet, but also partially because mm. I just loved my singing voice. And I knew that if I began to physically transition, that my voice would change. Right. And so I had all these things that were kind of like obstacles. Right. And I, I overcame the, you know, afraid of coming out. I overcame the like, um, just even like, like, you know, being in the world as a trans person. I did everything except for like the physical transition part of it. And I just want to say, like, to be trans or to be non-binary, you don't have to do anything like hormonal or surgery wise or anything. That's not what makes you trans or non-binary. But for me, I knew that I had to that like it was really like bugging me. And so and that's putting it lightly. Right. But so when I finally took the plunge, my life has been so different since then. And I would never go back or like make a different decision. Um, so when it came to that point, I was like, well, I have to retrain my voice. I have to give it time to grow, et cetera, et cetera. And what do I want to do in the meantime? And part of that has been writing text for new operas. And part of it has been more of a curative, like a uh, presenter type mm. of putting things on and making things happen. And one of those things is this anthology of music for trans and non-binary singers, which has been just like a really nice light admits the really dark times that have been happening these past few years. So yeah, it's been, it's been exciting. I'm just, well, I'm curious on a couple of things <clears throat> only because I, I have spoke on many panels with many friends who are trans. And so I know there's people who are like the questions already showing up, but see, the beauty is, is this is our podcast. So they don't get to ask the questions, but <laughs> But I know there's some questions like, okay, well, why wouldn't you transition? And they, and I always like, I don't want you to answer that question, but it's like, what does that matter? This is what this person has chosen to do, you know? And I, as you can tell, I can be kind of like, I'm just going to say it like it is. It's like, if they choose not to like transition, have their boobies cut off or their penis cut off, or they choose to have, you know, boobies added or not. I mean, whose business is it? Quite honestly. You know, and I think it's it's this cultural thing of we're intrigued by it, but I don't really want to know. You know, they want to know, but they don't want to know. Does that ever get under your skin? Uh, a lot. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, it, it's really tricky, especially because, I mean, a lot of the time 
the thing that bothers me, I think, is that people feel that because you're trans and because part of my transition has been about my body, that like they can just ask questions about it right. that they wouldn't ask someone else. Exactly. Um, it's like but, I'm not sitting there looking at this hot yeah. guy going, so just how big is that cock? I need to know <laughs> you're really hot. But if it's tiny, I don't want anything to do with you. You know, if you would never ask that question. No. Now, I might go trash on some woman that I'm like, really? How much did you pay for those tatas, honey? Because they're pretty big. I might. And I wouldn't even actually do that. Well, I might. If I'm drunk, I might do something like that. <laughs> but, but it is. It's like these questions. It's like, what difference does it make? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't I'm really super relate, but it always cracks me up when somebody says to me, oh, so when did you go bald? I don't know. I don't remember because I didn't just go bald. It just kind of. One day it was just, hey, I'm you know, there's not much left here. Okay. It's and what difference does it make to you in your world? I don't, I mean, that's an innocent enough question, but I'm like, I don't have it in my diary the day that it happened. I don't even actually remember the day. Honestly, it's kind of interesting, Aiden, because I don't actually remember the day I came out. It's not important to me. I came out, I know the time frame, but I can't tell you the exact date because it was too, there was too much pain and stuff associated with that. Now, other people are like, oh, yeah, I remember the exact day I came out of the closet. Thumbs up. Good for you. But I'm not judging you on when you came out. So this sort of stuff really has to be as a trans non-binary person, just like any of us in the LGBTQ space. These questions are just so <laughs> obnoxious. Yeah. And like, I understand that people want to understand more and like this is maybe their way of going about it. And like, I appreciate that. But at some point, it's like you you know that you, you should ask you know yourself to like do a little research before you ask the person who probably gets asked this question a hundred times a day you know right. like I think we as people have a responsibility to learn about things that we haven't experienced ourselves even on a basic level so that we can understand others mm -hmm. and, and that we don't look like <laughs> you know silly when we ask people these kind of like rudimentary right. questions but that said like we've grown up in a society that's very cis hetero and like you know really yep. focused on that and even within like being a man or a woman they're like you have to be this specific type of man right. to be a man you know that's ridiculous but that's the society we're in so i understand we're all coming from this like base knowledge that's just flawed to begin with when i can when i'm with heterosexual friends that I know I can be truly like just be out boisterous me <laughs> which I don't hold back very often but there's certain places I don't you know once I get to know some people I'm like okay I know you're looking at me going he's gay I'm like okay so let's just get all this out of the way I'm not a top or a bottom so not going to answer that question because I'm neither one I'm not going to give you the thrill of figuring this all out. Am I hung like a horse? Hmm, I'm not going to share that either. But if we're in the gym together, I guess you'll figure that one out too. I, I, just because it's so fun to screw with them. Like, it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, really? I'm like, yes, I have sucked a cock. So answered that question really quickly, huh? So it's like, you know, but do I like to just be naked in bed with my partner or my husband? Well, not all the time, but yeah. I mean, do I sleep with him nightly? Of course I do. Don't you sleep with your wife nightly? Unless she's booted you out of the house, which asking that question, I can understand why you get booted out of the house. You know, it's so funny because it's also <laughs> like this intimidation thing. Sometimes I'll be with my buddy when we used to live in a bigger area. I don't go to a gym where I'm at right now. 
<clears throat> but there were a couple of my buddies that we went to the gym and I actually was a spin instructor. So I spent a lot of time in the gym, right? And it was so interesting when my spin students finally would figure out like, oh, he's gay. I'm like, well, of course I am. I'm playing show tunes. What do you think? Is any straight man going to play show tunes to do spin to? I mean, come on, let's get real, right? And of course now Peloton instructors, every one of them has like their show tunes list. I'm like, bitches, you stole my thunder, you know? But just when they figured that out, there was like this whole different dynamic when they, you know, when the straight guys that would come to class would see me in the gym, they're like, hmm. You know, or if they we were in the shower together, not all of them, a few of them, I could like, is he checking me out? I'm like, I am, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just like, hey, I'm just checking you out. Just like you check women out. Are you going to do anything about it? Probably not. Some of you would because you're assholes, but, you know, it's just such an interesting space. So for you, moving in the world's the way that you do... <laughs> I am quite sure there's some people who are just like so fascinated, like, okay, but, okay, but you're trans, but you're non-binary. So you got to give us the scoop, like all the scoop. We need to understand, are you gay? Are you straight? Are you not? Are you this? Again, yep. it's got to drive you yeah. nuts, right? I mean, it's so funny because I actually enjoy talking about gender because it really interests me. Right. Um, and so I'll talk about that part of it but like the sexuality part of it is always funny when people like tie it back in because it is connected but it's also not in mm -hmm. some way because like my gender doesn't actually affect who I like it kind of just like changes the label of it because mm -hmm. like say if like I was presenting as a woman and like men that would make me straight but if I'm like a trans man who still likes men then that makes me gay so gay. it's like funny that it like changes that way but um you know, I was bisexual from the start, so it kind of just stays the same. Um, but yeah, I love talking about like being non-binary because I've found that in my experience, the more that I think about g presenting as a specific gender, the more I realize how arbitrary gender is. Like I'll think that I look super masculine one day and I'm like walking in and then I'll get like misgendered as female and I'll be like, why? Like, what did I do or right. what did I say? Or like, what movement did I make with my body or what color am I wearing that made them right. think that, you know, and you just never know. Well, see, and I think you're, <laughs> you're a woman today because you're wearing pink. Let's just go there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it's ridiculous. These are these ridiculous things that people do. And I love I love fucking with people, you know, especially ones that I know they're, they're like there was a guy I worked with and people who've listened to the podcast for a long time. I probably heard this story a couple of times, but he just couldn't wrap his head around like, okay, I, okay, I get that. I just I get it, but I don't really get it. And then there was a gal that worked with us and beautiful, stunning, big tatas, the whole thing, right? And her and I became fast friends. And he just, he couldn't, he's like, but sh you guys are such good friends and you joke and laugh and everything. And like, she's really into you. I'm like, we're friends. And then I went to her house for a party and we had a great time. And, and they happened to be a couple who's very open in their relationship, her and her husband. <clears throat> so things kind of went a little bit crazy at the party. And next thing she's got her top off, which all the women did. And, you know, she's on my shoulders and I'm like, I'm, I never said I didn't like Tata's guys. Just because I'm gay does not mean the breasts don't, they, they still, I mean, I, I love them. And so the next day, he's like, how was your Memorial Day weekend? I said, it was great. I had a lot of fun and all this sort of stuff. Well, months later, I'm drunk at a work party. And I said something about this person's tatas. 
And of course the guy who was like the older guy, like still trying to figure things out. He's like, wait, you just said you touched her tatas. I'm like, yes, I touched her breasts, (gasps) but you're gay. Oh yes. I also touched my husband's breasts. (gasps) Well, he doesn't have breasts. I'm like, well, actually he does. So do you. And it was just, it was so interesting because it's like these labels things and where they put people. I've never told anybody, yes, I'm gay. Okay. I, yes, I was married for 13 years to a woman. I was playing the heterosexual role. But if I decided to have sex with a woman, that doesn't make me not gay. It just means, hey, that something happened and, you know, but yet there are other gay men who are like, I could never do that. I could never do that. Well, then that's you. Cool. I'm not going to judge you on it. But I think this is kind of what shows up probably very predominantly in your world people want to know you know it's so funny to me because like i mean not only one does it not affect them one but two it's like everything is a spectrum and once you like begin to think about it that way it makes more sense like it's like (laughs) i mean everyone's on this spectrum it's just a matter of where you are exactly and you know in terms of sexuality in terms of gender And like, you know, maybe even where you are in that spectrum may change over your life. You know, like, I think that we need to be open to these things and people who are so like, you you can't change. (laughs) There's no changing. Once you're in, you're in. I hate that Uh, mentality. It's like, oh my God. You know, I, I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine just recently. And he's like, so you're getting older. I'm like, yes, bitch. I don't need to be told that. (laughs) Thank you very much. He goes, well, as you've aged, have things changed? I'm like, that's a big question. Like, what are you, where are you trying to get? He goes, well, like sexually for you. I'm like, are we really having this conversation? Now he's a gay guy. And I, you know, so I love to like, you know, have these fun conversations. I'm like, yes, I wear panties to bed now. And it really turns my hubby on. He's like, I'm not taking, I'm not buying into that. I'm like, well, you asked what's changed. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, no, I'm not serious. <laughs> he goes, well, what I was getting at is, you, you know, are you still like a, a big old top? I'm like. I don't know. He didn't know what to do with that. He's like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. What does it matter to you? (laughs) And I'm like, why are you fishing around? He goes, well, I'm just, I'm aging too. I'm like, of course, every day that goes by, we all age every moment, every minute. And he's like, well, I'm having, and of course I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm a coach, but there's times he's like, okay, I'm going to step into coach mode, but I'm going to try to come into it from a side gate that Rick won't figure out. I'm trying to get coached. I'm like, bitch, I know you're looking for some coaching right now. So just ask the question. What is it? Because well, I just feel like I'm shifting in my sexuality. I'm like, like you want to be hetero and not homo? He goes, no. I said, then it's not sexuality. I said, what is it you're really getting at? Well, I'm just shifting in what I really enjoy doing in the bedroom. I said, then why didn't you just say that? He goes, well, but is it okay to change? I'm like, oh, girl. <laughs> Girl, help me, please. <laughs> I change from moment to moment. I may like sucking a penis and I may not at times. I may like playing with tatas and other times I don't. But people are so fascinated with all this stuff. It just, it's crazy. So, which kind of gets us to where sending messages and sharing and helping people understand things better, you found a pathway through your music to try to go, okay, if you can't hear it in spoken words, so to speak, let's see if the music thing works, right? That's kind of where you've gone to. So let's talk about the book and all the magic you're trying to create, because, you know, as a trans binary person, this is all you do is create magic, right? You have a magic (laughs) wand. (laughs) Yeah. No one told you that. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, your PR person said <laughs> they have a magic wand. So don't forget to mention the magic wand, Rick. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, so it's an anthology of new music. Well, actually, considering that right? opera, you probably do. You might have a conductor's wand. I don't know. You might have something like that and it creates magic. But I know as a yeah. music person, you do create magic. So back to yeah. you. Anthology of new music. <laughs> anthology of new music for trans and non-binary voices. So it's Which a is lot. a mouthful in and of yeah, itself. It's a you lot. Know? <laughs> But basically, I'll break it down. So the please do because we have an audience that I know I shouldn't say I love my audience. Guys, don't tune out right now. I didn't mean that isn't what I really meant to say. But um, no, it's cool. Um, so the fun thing about opera is it's obviously been around since since the 1600s. So we have this whole backlog of opera, and that's probably what most people think of when they think of opera. They think of the older stuff, Mozart and um, you know Rossini and uh, all the Wagner, all those guys. Um, but the fun thing is that we're actually also creating opera like now and we have been since, you know, for the past ever since it started. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I loved to do as a singer was to sing these roles that were just being written like at in the moment. So it was like you're premiering the role. So you think about like something like a musical, like Wicked, right? Like Adina Menzel created the role of Elphaba. So in that way, like you as the singer get to create these roles in new operas. And I always loved right. that. And so the majority of like some of this book has arias from operas that were just written recently. And everything in the book is either the music's by a trans or non-binary composer. The text is by a trans or non-binary writer or the role itself was written for and premiered by a trans or non-binary singer. So that's, those were the only criteria for the book. And so some of it's opera. Some so of it's, basically yeah. you're discriminating. Just <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, there's if you're not this or book. this, you can't be part of the project. Just going to go there. <laughs> no. I'm sure there's somebody sitting there going, oh, so you won't let a gay person in on this. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Let's not go down that path. Just just let them talk about what they did with their little project here. So <laughs> no, okay. there's gay people in the book. Don't worry. Um, and there's also cis people in the book, which you know. <sighs> clutch those pearls, girls. There's <laughs> cis people in this book, too. My goodness. <laughs> but yeah, so then there's musical theater in there. And then there's also kind of like singer songwriter stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the the last kind of genre is art song, which is hard it's hard to explain to people that haven't been in classical music, but basically it's like not part of an opera, but it's sung as if it's an opera. It's like a standalone song. So usually you'll take like a famous poem and then a composer will set it to music for a singer and piano. Um, so that's the book. It kind of covers a, a lot of genres, a lot of um, styles. It was really fun to put it together. I really just wanted a place that if you're a trans or non-binary singer, you can go to this book and say, hey, this is rep that was written for me. Yep. And like before that, there hasn't been anything like that. So when I have voice teachers or singers or even people who are presenting new works come to me and say, hey, where's the repertoire, you know, written by or for trans people? I right. didn't have any specific place to send them. I'd always have to like send them a long list. And so this is kind of my way of answering that question of like, hey, here's a starting point. Like, check these people out. But it is interesting to really think about, you know, so many people think theater and musicals and all this and like, oh, but opera is so different. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> Some of the greatest musicals are based out of operas and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, one, one that comes to mind, 
Okay, I'm lying. I'm looking it up on the internet because I couldn't remember because I'm 58 years old. My memory is losing it. But La Boheme is one of my favorites. Yeah. And Rent and a few others. I mean, Carmen. I mean, even even aspects, as you already brought up, Wicked, but like Les Mis. I'm sorry. There's so much operatic stuff in Les Mis. It's crazy. Carmen. I mean, you can't like suddenly let's rip this all apart. You know, it's either here or here. Yes, there is definitely this here and this over here. But um, it's so interesting. And yet what I love about what you're doing, it's saying, hey, here's a place for you to really relate. Here's a place that you can do this because to my knowledge, and maybe it's just because I'm an old fart who doesn't know everything. Well, actually being old, I guess I'm supposed to know everything, but I don't know of anybody who's approached it this way. Like here's a, something grounded in trans non-binary really talking about having this, these discussions and you're making it happen. So good on you. Yeah, I mean, there's such amazing creators out there, um, especially in like the musical theater realm. They're kind of like a little bit ahead than the opera realm, but the opera realm, too. Well, come come on, Aiden. We're LGBTQ (laughs) people. We're always ahead. We're always ahead. They just we're waiting for everybody to catch up with us at this point. You know, well, some we don't want them to catch up with us. It's just like we don't want you in our world, but it's okay. Yeah, I'm not saying musical theater is perfect. It has its issues like. Oh, come on. Every musical is absolutely uh, <laughs> perfect. Okay, so I, this is where I'm going to get hate mail. I'm going to just say this. I was not crazy about Hamilton the first time I saw it. I'm like, what is all the fucking hype about? It was fun. I actually enjoyed just the way the stage stuff happened. And then I'm like, okay, whatever. Then here's where I'm saving my ass with my listeners. I saw it a few months ago in LA the second time. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. I love this show. I love it. Love it. Love it. Now, post COVID, well, not post COVID because we're still in freaking COVID, but post bad COVID and energetics of what's politically happening in our, in our lovely little US of a and the world, there was an energy about it. That's just like, Oh, now the cast made a difference too. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just the energy of everybody there and everything. It suddenly was like, so no, not every musical is perfect and not every opera is perfect folks. And if that's what you're going for, try doing either one of those bitches and see how well you do on stage. So it's hard. Hamilton it especially is, is really demanding. Well, it's like, yes. I have a friend of ours whose son is in one of the touring companies and she's like, he's wiped out. I'm like, I can understand that's an intense show. There is not, there is very few moments in that entire show that that cast is not moving and singing and doing. And uh, I mean, not just moving, they're moving sets and everything. And it's like, Oh, and plus just doing all that on top of like being fully in character and hitting the notes and making, I'm just like, I think they're just, I think they're all clones. I think they just put them in some little Hamilton machine and like, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. Because now I've seen it twice. I'm like, yes, you can tell the individuality of it, but man, the way every one of them does what they do, it's insane. So, yeah. So and for I, you, what is it that you really love about being able to do what you do in this world of music and opera and all that? Yeah. I mean, I think what Hamilton does that I love that I'll bring back to this is that, you know, it really forced companies to hire a bunch of, BIPOC people and performers Mm. where before it's like um, a lot of the repertoire is like, you know, you could cast, 
either any race there and therefore they'll default to white people or like it's just like you know very specific one role that has to be cast as like a certain race and then everyone else is whatever where like Hamilton's like allowing space for people of color who are coming up into Broadway who are in Broadway already to like really get you know a lot of experience and to like have a job (laughs) like you know and so like creating that space has been huge and so like you know on Broadway there's very few roles that are written for specifically trans or non-binary singers and um you know and if there were then that you know would allow again that space to be open to be like hey you have to hire a trans or non-binary singer in this role like it's not a question you know where like you can obviously hire a trans person to do anything like our first trans performer on Broadway was Madame Morrible in Wicked quite recently. And like, why did it take that long to get a trans singer on the Broadway stage? You know, like that's because she wasn't popular. Just <laughs> I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. So, but, you know, of course, we hired a trans person to play the, the villain. That's in a whole other uh, thing that I won't get into, but. Um, you know, like I think that creating these and letting people know that this music exists and that these creators exist, this visibility that happens in through publication and through the publicity of this book, I think is really fantastic. Um, that to me is the goal is like creating space so that others know about these people, creating visibility so that hopefully yeah. in the future, as new things are created, that these roles are beginning to be built in or these creators are being brought on to create their work on the stage. I love that you just brought up this whole visibility thing because this has been a little, it's been a little thorn in my side for a while about this because I got an argument once, only one time. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not having this conversation again with somebody who said, well, I don't understand why this whole LGBTQ, especially the T thing, all they cry is visibility, visibility, visibility as a white person. And I was like, as soon as I said as a white person, I'm like, bitch, I'm going to get you right now. As a white person, I don't cry. I have to be visible. I have to be visible. And I said, well, that's because you are visible. There's nothing in your life that doesn't get seen that anybody's going to tell you you can't do. You walk around. You get to do what you want to do. You can hold hands with your husband. And and it happened to be a female. Your kids get to be seen in all the sports because this is what we're supposed to be seen and doing. I said, you have visibility. And nobody blinks an eye because of who you are. She goes, well, it sounds like I've, like, you know, pushed a button. I said, oh, you you haven't heard anything yet. And she's like, I didn't mean to piss you off. I said, well, I'm more than pissed off right now. I said, because what you just said is, hey, Rick, I accept you for who you are because you're white male. Oh, and you're gay. Well, I know that part of you, but I don't really want to recognize it and talk about it because I just assume this is who you, you know, I know this is who you are. I said, and I take offense to this only because I am a white cisgendered male guy who happens to be gay. So I can do what I do and nobody gives a shit. But my trans brothers and sisters just want to be able to not have to say, just give me some visibility. What they're really saying is just see me and accept me, plain and simple. That's it. They don't want to get thrown out of apartments. They don't want to be told they can't move up in a world. They want to be none of this. I said, when was the last time you or your husband were told we can't rent you this house because you're heterosexual white people? It's never going to happen in our world. And she got really super quiet. 
course, I think I went on a little bit more. <laughs> I think I still kept going because <laughs> I, I was I was pissed. I was like, I can't do this. And she was the kind of friend that I'm like, okay, I know I can go off. And if this if this ends our friendship, then that's okay with me. But I also knew it probably wasn't going to. And then she said, I never ever even looked at it that way. I said, of course you didn't, because you don't have to. There's nothing you do in your life that has to be put under that kind of microscope. I said, what you don't know about me and my husband is up until we got married and up until we were a domestic partnership in California, I couldn't even go to a hospital room with him. I couldn't make a decision about him. I said, I had to go file paperwork and I had to spend money to be able to do this. I said, I had to spend $3,500 to make sure that everything was set so that if anything happened to either one of us, I said, when was the last time you had to spend $3,500 to make sure your husband could take care of you when you go to the hospital and that you could take care of him and that if he dies or you die, that the house goes to him. I said, did you have to do any of that? She goes, no. I said, welcome to my world. I said, for my trans brothers and sisters, this shit is still going down. And that's only, that's, I'm just scratching the surface here. So now that I've gone on that little rabbit, <laughs> no, I, there's a I, point to it because this is why I think what you're doing, Aiden, is so important. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like visibility to me is like the first step. And like, and even that is like an issue, you know, like I always ask people, think about the last, you know, five movies you saw, like, did you see a gay romance in any of them? You know, think about the last mm -hmm. 10 movies you saw. Yep. Were there any gay romances? No, they're always, you know, heterosexual romances. And then you think, you know, you can go down this, you know, in a bunch of different ways to, to begin to think about it. But yeah, you just it's it's like so obvious once you see it. But like society doesn't want us to think about it that way, because then it would upset, you know, what's the systems that are in place that keep the oppressed oppressed and keep you know, those in, pri in privilege and privilege. So, it's, yeah. you know, we're not, you know, we're, we're very much trained to not notice these things. Um, right. But yeah, I think visibility is huge, the first step. Um, and then, you know, that's moving toward true inclusion and equity. But yeah, I think people don't understand, like there's over a hundred laws in legislation right now in the United States that are anti-trans laws. Yep. Like over a hundred like that's a like concerted effort. <laughs> like, well, it's a very like... concerted effort. And again, yeah. it's an extension of, okay, let's just go there. It's the same thing. That's like, okay, I can't do with my body what I choose to do with my body. Just like you can't get an abortion. If you yeah. don't want an abortion, don't get one. If you don't want to be a trans individual, and I know I'm saying this in the wrong way, but I'm doing it for a reason. If you don't want to be a trans individual, then don't be a trans individual. Not that there's a fucking choice, but stop it already that's yeah. the message stop it already yeah which there's... i know we're we're both we're singing to the we're singing a high a very light <laughs> nice opera music thing to the choir at this point but <laughs> i was looking for the word aria we're singing a nice aria right now to each other but it's it's very frustrating and i know for me as a gay man i had to come through my own hurdles embracing my trans brothers and sisters. And it wasn't until I had the beautiful opportunity to sit on some PFLAG panels and sit with them right next to me where I had to get my own verbiage correct. And like, Oh, 
this is this is kind of different for me, even though everyone that sat on those panels was very quote unquote passable. There was a couple of people, one of them, my dear friend, Michelle, who she took me the hardest time to be able to start to say she, because she is a big person like I am. And she transitioned very late in life. And so there were just aspects of her that I, my own weird cisgendered mind that still hung in there i just like well i and then i finally like okay i got past it because i was around her in beautiful ways and got to know her and her wife and knew the story and then suddenly you don't fuck with my friend michelle not when i'm around you don't get that privilege and i wish people would realize yes this is different i I don't feel like I struggle as much anymore with like pronouns as I used to with, you know, gender non-conforming. I see you for who you are. I also know that you could say they or he. So I know if I said, Hey man, you would probably not get offended by it. But then I also go, Hey, Aiden would like to be referred to as they, them at times too. And then if you showed up as a female, I'd be like, well, then they decided this is how they're going to show up, but they're not really showing up as female. They're showing up their feminine side of who they are. And I know that's a big transition for people, but I had the beautiful opportunity just a couple of weeks ago to be around a friend of my oldest daughter's who is gender nonconforming. And I knew this person as the female. And they showed up to help load the moving truck and everything. And it was just a great conversation. And, and I don't, I'm going to be honest. There wasn't any time that I felt like I had to. So their name is Mickey. I didn't feel like I had to ever do anything gender pronoun with Mickey that day, but I know I would have been very comfortable and just like doing it because it's taken me some work. I have worked that muscle. Does it change how I feel about them? How the fuck? No. They are a beautiful person and we have really great conversations. We've had great conversations from the moment I met them when they were her, but suddenly just because this is what's happening for them, does this chain need to change everything? Only if you're just so screwed up, you don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. I like what you said about like, it's practice, you know, cause I do think it's practice for everybody. You know, I think people just, feel a little just bit. Just consider it one big opera yeah. folks. You just got to keep practicing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's like, you know, we all mess up even like as a trans person, like I didn't just automatically get amazing at this kind of thing. Like I grew well, up. Then you seems... didn't use your magic wand, bitch. I'm I didn't use my magic wand. <laughs> I should have, but I didn't. Um, but, you know, like we all grew up like with these conventions. And so we have to unlearn them. And so like even within my own mind and within my own friend groups and stuff, like I had to practice like unlearning these things that I've been taught about like this is a this is a woman and this is a man and like you know that's how it goes it's actually yep. so much broader and so much more interesting than that you know and that's the thing it's like why not accept that it's so much more interesting because people are all different and people are all complex and if there's more than two options to me that's a win-win situation but people get I you love know, scared I and we all know why people get scared let's just get rid let's get right down to it you know, is this where I'm going to get hate mail? I'm going to get a lot of hate mail out of this conversation. So that's yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> it's usually the ones that are most grounded in some erratic Christian belief. They just can't get past this. But yet 
they'll like, oh, but everyone was made in the image of God. Well, if everybody was made in the image of God, guess what? <laughs> Here we are, all our fabulous different ways. Oh, no, but you can't be made in that image. Yeah, I love it. Like, nuts. God is a man, but we're all made in his image. My friends, I hate to tell you this. God is all genders if, if we're all made in his image. Exactly. Exactly. But yes, these are also the same ones that believe he's a white male. So hmm, there we uh, go. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I could go on about this a lot. Um, I grew up in like a fundamentalist Christian uh, family. Yep. And so this is not to say anything about all Christians, because there are Christians out there who actually yes. are, you know, That's why I'm <laughs> living the really tenets careful. of Jesus. Yes. Um, but there are Christians like the ones I grew up in, which are just all about kind of authority and about like following these kind of arbitrary rules and uh, yeah there's not love there there's not acceptance there and it's like if you're following jesus like you should be loving and accepting of everyone and the ones um, that get under my skin the most are well we can love the sinner but not the sin i'm like and bite my ass okay well no i won't even give you that privilege because <laughs> i'll say that i enjoy that but if i did i wouldn't give you the privilege of doing it. like no i, I can't I can't do that. And, and, and then there's like, when I say something like that, I go, okay, but go deep in your heart. You know, what would Jesus do? Like, okay, fine. You are who you are, but that doesn't mean I have to sign up and like, let you into my world. Right. Yeah. You, know? you don't have that and, privilege. You didn't earn right. it. Yeah. No. And then there's something that, um, one of the Jose and I always mess up his, name he's one of the he's the nbc news anchor on the weekends jose something the argus or something and he always ends um let me see if i can find him while we're talking jose diaz um Bellart. and uh he does saturday and sunday usually saturday sunday evening news on the weekends for nbc and he ends the the newscast with thank you for giving me the privilege of your time and I use that quite a bit in certain things that I say, but I also have taken and twisted it. Thank you for the privilege of letting me let you in my life. Because it is a privilege. It's a privilege to let somebody into your life. Or I even twist it because that kind of sounds, oh, that's a little condescending. Or say, thank you for the privilege of accepting me into your life and letting me accept you into mine. Now, acceptance can be one of those trigger words too, but I feel like when you say, I'm, a, I'm so happy that I've had the privilege of being accepted into your world and that I get to return that and accept you into my world, I kind of feel like we're kind of in the same space then, you know, because I, it's a willingness. It's a willingness to be there. And I think this is where people miss it. So, so you've got the book. What do you want the book to do? Besides want- make you millions of dollars. <laughs> it's not making me millions of dollars. Um <laughs> It's really about, it's about two things. It's about thinking about every trans and non-binary singer out there, um, no matter where they're at in their journey of music training, that they can walk into a space, whether it's a music, like a teacher studio, or whether it's their college's uh, music library, that they see this anthology and know it's for them, and therefore know that like they're part of this musical world and that they have a space and that there's a place for them to start their musical like learning within the community that it was created for them or you know by our community and so like that's part of it and then the other part is just that for others who are who have the power to change 
how things are cast, how things are created on the stage, whether it's opera or musical theater, that they're aware of these creators and they begin to learn their music, learn their work, and therefore, you know, hire them or, um, you know, present them on programs, things like that. So it's a, it is like partially a visibility thing for the people within the anthology. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anything else you want to share, buddy? <laughs> I guess just um, that, you know, at the end of the day, we're that trans people, non-binary people are just living their lives. Like we just want to like be normal, like be normal people. Just like, you know, go out to dinner with friends and <gasps> you go out to dinner, to you have friends, <laughs> you have access to healthcare. Oh my God. What a what I a know. horrible thing to have. <laughs> yeah. And the only secret we're keeping is that we all have magic wands. But beside that, well, true like... that I was kind of hoping, like when I said anything else you want to share, you're gonna like, well, here's my favorite recipe for you know. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> or okay. a trans pound cake or something. I'm like, really, girl? What's that got in it? Is there boobies and penises in that one? Because that's like you're crossing the things here, you know. <laughs> um, I, I'll share. I I love reading. I love books. Mm. So a book that I'm reading right now by a non-binary uh, writer is called Iron Widow, and it's basically if you smashed up. Chinese history and Pacific Rim. So it's this wonderful like sci-fi historical fiction love triangle. And it's like very queer and non-binary in like the most subtle way. Like when I started reading it, I actually didn't know that the author was non-binary until I looked it up later. And I love that because um, I just came across it because I love to read new books. Oh, come and on. You know, <laughs> like, you all, you know, all of you know, know each other, other right? Hello. <laughs> oh, I have a cousin who's gay. You do you know him? I'm like, no, bitch. There isn't like this internet work that you all think. There isn't, this isn't happening. Okay. Yes, we have places we all gather, but just because we walk in, I mean, that doesn't mean, oh, yes, you know, suddenly we're implanted with a chip and now we all like communicate that way. <laughs> we're all in the gay matrix. It's fine. <clears throat> exactly. Now, we, oh. now, if there was a gay matrix, we sure wouldn't be letting all y'all in at all. So, no. because it's a very magical place, Disneyland would have nothing on our gay matrix. Just saying. So, so yeah if you like if you like sci-fi iron widow check it out it's interesting wonderful. you know it's as we really were talking when we were talking earlier and you were talking about cello and stuff have you seen the movie uh, metal lords on netflix no. you need to watch it i think okay. as a as a music person you would love it it's about a marching so two marching band nerds and i'm going to just leave it at that and then take the name metal lords you kind of get where this one's going but, Sounds um, good. I I'm not a metalhead at all, and I absolutely like loved this movie. It is so, and there is a cellist in the movie. Um, it's it's a teen rom con, but it takes it to a whole nother level. And um, yeah, they're I all love it. Cute. They're all cute too. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, it you, I think yeah, and it's a, it's another way of like opening the doorways to like what you least expect. And then something beautiful happens. And I think that's the thing is when you least expect what's going to happen when you have a conversation with a non-binary person or somebody who's trans, you have something really beautiful happen, which is what Aiden and I had planned all along, bitches, just saying we rehearsed this show and rehearsed this show and rehearsed this show because I'm a theater geek. This one's an opera geek. We said, girl, we're going to get together. We're going to work on this one really hard. 
we didn't plan one bit of this, but it actually went pretty <laughs> good, I think. So uh, yeah, spontaneous conversations are the best, in my opinion. But <clears throat> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you again. The name thank of the you. book is okay. Y'all write this down. You gonna say it slow because it's like a mile long name. Just say yeah, it. But, uh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so if you go to newmusicshelf.com, that's where you can buy it. But it's the anthology for trans and non-binary voices. Volume one. <laughs> volume one. That means there's a volume two coming. Yeah, so, here's hoping. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you for being who you are in the world. Aiden, I really enjoyed this conversation. And um, I wish you all the luck with all of this. And one of these days I'll probably go, oh, yeah, on my deathbed. I interviewed him when he was, you know, da, 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 and they did this. And now, look, doesn't even know who I am anymore, you know? So anyway. Thank you so much for a really awesome conversation. Thank you all for being listeners. And I think one of the things I'm taking away from this with Aiden is just keep going out there and being yourself. Go ahead and have dinner and get healthcare and all these things. Cause you know what? That's what being trans non-binary is all about. So I think we'll call it a wrap. What do you think, Aiden? Sounds good. Thank you so much. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.